I will say today's daf is Mem Gimel. We are beginning on Mem Beis, Amud Beis 42b. And we left off, <coughs> excuse me, in the middle of the Mishnah. So about in the, in the new parak, in the new Mishnah, about two, four, six, seven lines in. So the Gemara says, Mitzvah's Lulav Ketzad. So ultimately, again, how do you have a situation of Lulav? Remember, again, the Mishnah said that sometimes the Mitzvah of Lulav is six days, sometimes it's seven days. And the Gemara explained, when is it seven days? When the first day of Yom Tov falls out on Shabbos. So that's the Gemara, that's the Mishnah is going to describe over here. A situation in which the first day of Yom Tov begins on, falls out on Shabbos. So what would happen? Mitzvah's Lulav Ketzad, Yom Tov, Reishon Shachag, Shechalios B'Shabbos. If the first day of Yom Tov falls out, People would bring their lulav and their esrog to the base hamikdash, the harabayis, before Yom Tov starts on erev Shabbos. And the chazon and the attendants would be working in the base hamikdash. This was uh, we learned about these chazonim before. Rashi says these were attendants who were there to help people. They were like the you know the base hamikdash docents. You know they they were there to help people in the base hamikdash. They would accept the love of nesrogim, and then they would arrange them al gabi itzdova. Itzdova is a bench, so they arrange them on benches. And the elders would place their lulavim in a particular chamber. Now, what would happen is the next morning people would come, and remember, on the first day of Yom Tiv, you have to have your own lulav and esrog. So the problem, of course, becomes what happens if you don't end up getting up getting your own. So now the Mishnah says something amazing. The chazonim would teach the people. People to say, They would teach people to say that you should make a condition. Tomorrow when you come to get your lulav, if I get my own lulav, great. But if it turns out that I don't get my lulav, whoever in fact does receive my lulav, my lulav should be a matano, should be a gift for that individual. In the next morning Shabbos, they would wake up. They would come early to, to the Harabayis. What would happen? In other words, you can't have a situation where everybody comes up one at a time to take their lulav and esrog. It would take years. So the Chazon and the Shamash would literally just throw the lulavim into the, into the crowd. And just inadvertently, as people are trying to go ahead and retrieve their lulav and esrog, what would happen? They would go ahead and they would end up bumping into each other, hitting each other, clapping each other. And they would end up going ahead and inadvertently hurting. Again, obviously there was no malicious intent. No one was trying to hurt each other. But Lamaisa, when everybody's trying to retrieve their lulav and asrag, so they end up harming each other. When Bezdin saw that now this had become a matter of sakana, they instituted an interesting halacha, which is that when the first day of Yom Tov falls out on Shabbos, take lulav and asrag at home. Don't bring it to the Mikdash, because if you bring it to the Mikdash, what's going to happen? We see chaos is going to happen. So go ahead and take Lulav and Esrig at home. Again, we'll define the parameters of this Takona in just a little bit. Which the Gimar says, Amai, Tiltul Ba'amuhu Balitchi Shabbos. We'll say the Gimar makes a very big deal when the first day of Sukkot falls out on Shabbos. If you need a whole Takona, you can take it. What's the big deal? What's the big deal? Remember again, the prohibition to go ahead and pick up Lulav and Esrig on Shabbos would be a potential of Muktza. Is mukta. So if there's a mitzvah da'oraisa, positive commandment to go out and take lulav and esrig, so of course that'll trump, of course that will overcome, that'll set aside any type of rabbinic prohibition. So what's the issue? Amar Abba, so we've, we've made mention of this many times, ultimately again, Amar Abba, 
This is what's called the Gzir de Rabbah. Rabbah says, in reality, you're right. On a technical halachic level, the biblical obligation to take Lulav and Esrog the first, they would definitely set aside any halachas of Moktza. Rabbah was concerned that there's a more general issue. What's the more general issue? A person, is, Rashi says, maybe doesn't know how to do the Nanuim, doesn't know how to shake the Lulav, or maybe doesn't know the Bracha. So a person's going to want to take their Lulav to a Chacham, in order the Chacham could instruct them, and this individual may inadvertently end up carrying the Lulav, Dalit Amis in Rishos Harabim, or from Rishos Harabim to Rishos Hayochid, Rishos Hayochid to Rishos Hayochid, in other words, a prohibited act of Hotzah, of transference of an item from one domain to another. So this is where Rabbah comes along, and Rabbah says that, Halacha Lemaisa, Halacha Lemaisa, you can't take Lulav and Esrog on Shabbos out of a concern that you may come to carry it. Vahainu Taima de Shofar, Vahainu Taima de Megillah. And this is the same reason why if Rosh Hashanah falls out on Shabbos, we don't go ahead and blow Shofar. Same idea. There's a concern that maybe a person will take the Shofar and walk Dalit Amis in order to take the Shofar to the Baltokea. Same thing with Megillah. If Purim falls out on Shabbos, we don't celebrate Purim on Shabbos. We push it to Sunday. Right? Ultimately, again, because we're concerned that someone may come to carry the Megillah to the Balkore to read it on their behalf on Shabbos. So the Gemara says, Ihachi. Yom Rishon Nami. If that's the case, then even when even when first day of Sukkot falls out on Shabbos, should this also not be a concern? In other words, the Mishnah. Remember, the Gemara is trying to understand over here as follows: that the Mishnah made it clear that when the when Shab, when first day of Sukkot falls out on I'm sorry, when anything other than the first day of Sukkot falls out on Shabbos, so halacha said we don't take lulav and esrog. Now the Gemara explains why, because Rabbah came along and said there is a concern that you may come to carry the lulav and esrog dalanam So asks the Gemara if that's the case, even when the first day of Sukkot falls out on Shabbos, you shouldn't be able to go ahead and carry the lulav and esrog after, or you shouldn't take it after. Or shouldn't there be a concern of hotza that you may come to transfer? For it to which means Ihochi Yom Yom Rishon Nami Rishon Hotakin Le Rabbanan Bebeso. To which the Gemara says, No, 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 that's right. Remember, what did the Mishnah say? The Mishnah said, When the first day of Yom Tov falls out on Shabbos, the Chazal, the rabbis, instituted people to take Lulav and Esrig in their home. Now, interestingly enough, as much as the Takana to take it at home was a response to the chaotic scene which unfolded in the Beis HaMikdash, the Gemara says that also happens to take care of another issue, which is if you instruct people to take it at home, by definition, there's no concern that one is going to come to carry it. To which the Gemara says, fine, kodim takana that's fine. That's fine after the Takana was made. What about before the Takana? In other words, the Mishnah clearly indicates that there was a period of time where there wasn't this Takana, which means that on Shabbos, people were bringing, or people were able to bring the Lulav and Esrig to, uh, to the Beis HaMikdash on Shabbos. Or they, or they were able to utilize it on Shabbos. Is there not a concern that at the end of the day they may come to carry it? Ella, Rishon de min HaTorah, Bigvulin lo So the Gemara says, to which the Gemara answers that at the end of the day, because the first day is Daraisa, because the first day is Daraisa, therefore Chazal initially were not, did not make any Takana 
even outside of the Beis HaMikdash. So interestingly enough, what ends up happening here is as follows, that originally the Lulav and Esrog was taken on Shabbos even ultimately again outside of the Beis HaMikdash. Then after these chaotic scenes unfolded inside of the Beis HaMikdash, the Chazanam throwing out the Lulav and everybody trampling each other. So what happened? They were Gozer, they decreed everybody should take the Lulav inside their house on Shabbos. And then Rabbah came along and said, no, we don't take Lulav and Esrog at all on Shabbos. Why? concern that if we allow you to go and take Lulav and Esrog, you may come to go ahead and transport it Now, Rashi points out over here something very interesting. Rashi says, Rashi says, over here, he says, If you skip a little bit in Rashi, Rashi says over here, The Gazu Bei Rabbanam Yishum Chumra De Shabbos Va'apem Mikdash Vim Tomar Nimtzu Beis Din Maslin Lakar Dava Min HaTorah Rashi asks a very simple question. How, so Rabba comes along and says, You shouldn't take Lulav and Esrog on the first day of Sukkot when it falls on Shabbos. Why? Out of a concern that you may come to transport the Lulav and Esrog Dalit Amis in Rishos Harabim to go to a Chacham to show you what to do. You end up transgressing Shabbos, therefore, no Lulav and Esrog. So, doesn't that effectively mean that the rabbis are uprooting a biblical mitzvah? There's a biblical obligation to take Lulav and Esrog on the first day. So, how could the rabbis make a decree to uproot a biblical obligation to which Rashi explains? That Chazal have the ability to essentially set aside the performance of a biblical obligation by telling you to be passive. In other words, Chazal don't have the ability to actively tell me to violate an Avera, but if Chazal see that there's a communal need, they could tell me, be passive and don't do the mitzvah. So Rabbah understood there was a real concern over here that people are going to engage in an inadvertent act of carrying. So he said, don't take Lulav and Esrog. I, aren't you actively uprooting a biblical mitzvah? No, I'm not actively uprooting anything. I'm telling people, shave yaltasa, be passive. Be passive. And ultimately, again, rabbinically encouraged passivity is permitted when that passivity serves to save the general populace from a more severe transgression. So here Rabbah would say, I'd rather tell you to be passive, not take Lulav and Esrog, not take Lulav and Esrog, rather than to tell you to take Lulav and Esrog and run the risk of a more severe transgression or of a severe transgression of Hotzah. Incredible. So the Gemara says as follows. The Gemara says, Good. So the Gemara, let me finish reading it. So the Gemara says, What about now? So if that's the case, again, if that's the case, the way the Gemara seems to make it sound is that Halacha Lamaisa. The original Takana was only on days that were not the first, only on Shabbos when it was not the first day Sukkis. So that's what the Gemara just said. Rishon de'isei minatora, so the first day which is biblically obligated, bigvulun lo gazru. Chazal were initially not gozer, and therefore allowed you to take lulav and esrig. However, hanach delesnu minatora, but the subsequent days of Sukkis, which are not biblically mandated to take lulav and esrig outside of the base of Mikdosh, Chazal stepped in and said you should not take lulav and esrig. Iachi. If that's the case, then why don't we say the same thing now? In other words, why don't we say, so now, remember, Rabbah made his statement. So now we live in the age of Rabbah. 
But why don't we say, why don't we, why don't we, why don't we practice in the same way? Why don't we say as follows, that halacha lemaisa, just like Chazal were originally not gozer, when the first day of Yom Tif falls on Shabbos, let's assume that that still applies now. That if the first day of Sukkot falls on Shabbos, we do take Lulav and Esrug. Okay, we'll take it at home. We'll take it at home. But we do take Lulav and Esrug. Why ultimately, again, don't we take Lulav and Esrug? Now, contemporarily, we don't take Lulav and Esrug the first day Yom Tif when it falls out on Shabbos. To which the Gemara says, Because we are not proficient in the calendar. Right? We, we have a Sveika Dioma issue, right? Remember again, in general, general, we have a Sveika Dioma in ours. Now, today, we don't. But historically, they did have a doubt. Was the previous month 29 days, 30 days is today, the first day of Yom Tiv, second day of Yom Tiv. So because we always have this halachic or date ambiguity, therefore, again, Chazal said, don't take Lulav and Esrog the first day of Yom Tiv, even if it falls on Shabbos. I, the Gemara says, in who the other litru. So if that's the case, the Jews of Eretz Yisrael. So remember again, the date ambiguity only applied to the diaspora. It never applied in Eretz Yisrael. Eretz Yisrael, they always had a solid understanding of time and of the calendar because remember again, it was the it was the it was the Beisdin, the Beisdin Agol, the High Court, which would declare the new month. The only reason there was date ambiguity outside of Eretz Yisrael is because sometimes it would take the witnesses some time to get there in order to testify about the new moon. This is Maseches Rosh Hashanah. We'll get to the Mirat Shemeshat Hov Mitzlachos. But in Eretz Yisrael, they never had date ambiguity. If that's the case, then at least in Eretz Yisrael, when the first day of Sukkot falls on Shabbos. They should take Lulav and Esrug. Fine, I, I accept. I accept that outside of Eretz Yisrael, in the Gullus, we won't do it. But in Eretz Yisrael, they should. To which the Gemara says, Enachinami, you're right. You're right. That was, in fact, the initial practice. The Tani Chada, B'yom Tor B'yishon Shachag Shechalios B'Shabes, Kala'am Molich in Esrug Levein L'Harabayis. Because the Gemara says as follows. You know, originally the Gemara said, the right, the Mishnah said, that what? That, that... When when the people right beyond when Rishon, when the first day of Sukkot fell out on Shabbos, people would bring their lulav erev Shabbos to Harabais. That's a reference to the Beis Hamikdash. Another Mishnah, Betanya Idach, Betanya Idach, which was again the Mishnah we had on Memalaf Amud Beis, LeBeis Hakneses. Remember, again, also we have two different Mishnahs. We have a Mishnah on Beis Hamikdash, which we just read today, the beginning of this parak, and then the Mishnah we had in Daf two days ago where the Mishnah spoke about bringing the Lulavim to Shul on Erev Shabbos, to which the Gemara says, listen to this. The Mishnah we just read on Mem Beis, that's talking about bringing Lulav and Esrog to the Beis HaMikdosh. And the Mishnah on Mem Aleph on Mem what is that referring to? That's referring to an Eretz Yisrael, they would bring their Lulavim to Shul on Erev Shabbos. So what do you see from here? You see from here that in Eretz Yisrael, where there was no date ambiguity, they would take Lulav and Esrog on the first day of Yom Tiv, even when it fell out on Shabbos. Just the difference was, in order to avoid any potential hotzah, they would bring it to Shul on Erev Shabbos. To which the Gemara says, Shmamino, see from this that indeed this was the case once upon a time. So this is fascinating because you see like an entire evolution of Xera. Once upon a time there was this distinction that ultimately again, even after the Beis HaMikdash, there was this time or even, right, there, there was this time where when the first day of Yom Tif fell out on Shabbos in Eretz Yisrael, they would take Lulav and Esrog even outside of the Beis HaMikdash. In the Diaspora, we never did. Why the difference? Sveka Dioma. In the Diaspora and Galos, there was a discussion or there was a doubt about what the date was. So you're not sure, is it the first day, is it the second day, or is it the first day, is it the Erev Yom Tiv? And therefore, again, they would not take it, no matter what the circumstances, on the first day of Yom Tiv, the fell out on Shabbos. But in Eretz Yisrael, 
where they were sure about the date, even outside of Beis they would take a little bit of Esrog on the first day of Yom Tov. Incredible. So the Gemara says, So you see from here that not only did they take Lulav and Esrog on the first day of Yom Tov, which fell on Shabbos in the Beis HaMikdash, but even after the destruction of the Beis HaMikdash, they would still continue to do so in Eretz Yisrael, because in Eretz Yisrael they knew definitively which was the first day. First day, there's a biblical mitzvah to go out and take a little bit of Esrog. They would do so even on Shabbos. In the diaspora, already they would not. Incredible. To which the Gemara says, How do we know that Halacha Lamaisa outside of the base HaMikdash that there is a biblical obligation to take Lulav and Esrog on the first day, right? The Gemara made that statement before, that not only is there a biblical obligation to take Lulav and Esrog inside of the base of Mikdash, but even outside of the Mikdash. Where do we know that from? To which the Gemara says, Minalon, the Sanya ulakachtem, because the Pasuk says, and you shall take, that teaches us that every person must take Lulav and Esrog. Lachem, when it says Lachem, Mishel Lachem, it means the Lulav and Esrog has to belong to you. To exclude a borrowed lulav or a stolen lulav, bayom. What does bayom teach me? It's just darshin the pasuk. Afilu b'shabbos. Bayom teaches me that I even take lulav and esrog even on Shabbos. Rishon, afilu bigvulin. And rishon means that what? That on the first day of Yom Tiv, if the first day of Yom Tiv falls out on Shabbos, that halacha lamaisa, you take lulav and esrog even outside of the base hamikdash. Harishon, the first, because that's the definitive article, the Bilvad teaches us, however, that Halacha it is only when the first day of Yom Tov falls out on Shabbos that Shabbos, that, that the first day of Yom Tov is Docha Shabbos. To which the Gemara says, to which the Gemara says, um, I'm sorry, good. So the Gemara says, Amr Mar, Bayom Afilu B'Shabbos, Michdi, Tiltal Ba'amahu, it's to the Gemara says, I don't understand, why do I need a drasha? The Gemara is going, reverting back to its original question. The Gemara says, at the end of the day, why do I need a Pasek to teach you that you could take a little bit of an Esragon Shabbos? After all, is the, isn't the only issue involved over here a potential Muktza one and Muktza's Dirabanon? So why would I need a drasha to teach you that I could fulfill a biblical obligation in the face of a rabbinic prohibition on Muktza? Isn't that obvious? To which the Gemara says, it's Dirkra le Mishrei Tiltul. Ultimately, again, <coughs> Allah the Gemara says, Do I need a Pasuk to permit the movement of Muktza? Rashi says the prohibition of Muktza wasn't even what wasn't even advanced yet. So what do I need the Pasuk for? Amarava lo Lulav. This is fascinating. Rava says, No, no, no. When it says Bayom and Bayom permits you to take Lulav and given on Shabbos, what it's allowing you to do is as following. The preparatory acts to allow one to fulfill the mitzvah of Lulav and Esrog. What does this mean? Valiba Dahaitana. In accordance with the following Tana, the Sanyo Lulav v'chol machshirav dochen es ha-shav z'rebbe Eliezer. Rebbe Eliezer holds the wall say that not only are you permitted to go ahead and take Lulav and Esrog on Shabbos, but halach ha the machshire mitzvah, the preparatory acts. For example, let's say you forgot to cut off your Lulav from the palm tree. You forgot to detach your Esrog from the citron tree. Rabbi Eliezer says that halach ha when we say bayom afilu b'shabes, it means everything involved to allow you to perform the mitzvah of lulav and esrik is permitted, even to cut it off the tree. My time with Rabbi Eliezer. What's Rabbi Eliezer's logic? Abrakra bayom, because the mitzvah says bayom afilu b'shabes. 
anything you need to do in order to fulfill the mitzvah of Lulav and Ezra, even machshire mitzvah, preparatory acts of true light to perform the mitzvah, will be permitted on Shabbos. For Rabbanon, hi bayom ayavdili. What do the Rabbanon do with the word bayom? Mi boile bayom velo balaylo. They use that to teach you the halacha that Lulav could only be taken by day and not at night. To which the Gemara says, Rabbi Eliezer, bayom velo balaylo minale. Where does Rabbi Eliezer know? That you can only take Lulav and Esrog by day and not at night. Nafgalemi Seifa Dikra. He learns that from the end of the Pasuk. What's the end of the Pasuk? Usmachtem Lifme Hashem Elokechem Shivas Yomim. The Pasuk says, You shall rejoice before Hashem your God for seven days. Yomim Velo Lelos. Days and not nights. Days and not nights. Verabonon. So therefore, again, the Gemara says, Since it says, By the taking of the Lulav and Esrog, Usmachtem Lifme Hashem Shivas Yomim. Lulav and Esrog only applies by day, not at night. Verabonon. Why don't Rabbanon learn it out from here? Because if you're going to learn it out from Yomim, I might have thought that maybe I learned it out of Xerah Shabbat, Yomim, Yomim from Sukkah. By Sukkah, it says Yomim. But Yomim means what? Days and night. The mitzvah of Sukkah is by day and by night. Afkan nami yomim vafilu lelos. So maybe when it says yomim by, by lulav, it also means day and night, just like yomim by sukkah. Besukkah gufam and By the way, how do you know that sukkah, that yomim by sukkah means day and night? The turn rabbanon. Basukos teishu shivas yomim. The pasuk says you shall dwell in the sukkah seven days. Yomim vafilu lelos. So shivas yomim. Yomim means days and nights. Maybe you'll say, no, maybe Shabbat Yom means you only have to live in the sukkah by day, but not at night. So the Gemara says, I'll tell you to it says over here by Sukkah Yomim, and it says by Lulav Yomim, Malahalon Yomim Velo Lelos, Afkan Yomim Velo Lelos. I'm out of a cogent argument. It says Yomim by Lulav and Esrig, and it says Yomim by Sukkah, just like Yomim by Lulav and Esrig only means by day, so too Yomim by Sukkah also only means by day. Okay, Lechal Derachzu, or I can advance a different argument. Nemar Kan Yomim, it says over here Yomim by Sukkah. And it says, by Miluim. So, so again, by Miluim, remember again, is the inauguration of the Mishkan. So remember again, the Kohanim sat by the entranceway of the Mishkan, did Yavod by the entranceway, for eight straight days. Just like by the Miluim, the Kohanim were not permitted to leave the entranceway of the Oamoid of the Mishkan day and night. Afkan Yamim Vafilu Leilos. So to over here, ultimately it means Yamim and Leilos. Sukkah also means Yamim Velelos. So the Gemara says, Nira Lemi Dome. So the Gemara says, let's let's see. To what should it best be compared? So Donin Dover Shemitzvasakhlam Dover Shemitzvasakalayom, Vaayochiach Dover Shemitzvaso Sha'achos. I could say better to compare Sukkah to Miluim, because Sukkah and Miluim both have a mitzvah the whole day. Masha'in Kane. There's only a mitzvah part of the day, right? Only a mitzvah part of the day. So the Gemara says, And don't go ahead and try to notice. The Shaila is, you have two things you could compare sukkah to. You could compare sukkah to Lulav and Esrug and say, just like Lulav and Esrug only applies by day, doesn't apply by night. So the sukkah only applies by day and not by night. Or you could compare sukkah to the Milum, to the inauguration, because they everything has Lashon of Yamin. Just like by the Miluim, the inauguration process was by day and by night, so to sukkah is by day and by night. So the Gemara says, so which one should you compare sukkah to? Should you compare sukkah to Lulav and Esrug or to Miluim? To which the Gemara says, well, better to compare sukkah to Miluim, which apply day, by night, day and night, 
and not to lulav, which only applied not even for a whole day. You don't have a mitzvah to take lulav the whole day. You have a mitzvah to take lulav shahachos at one point in time during the day. Or you could advance a counter argument. Or better yet, I would say, let's learn out sukkah from lulav because the common denominator between sukkah and lulav is they both apply for all future generations. Whereas miluim, right, the halachos of the inauguration only apply when for that particular time. There was no other, no other halacha, no other time where the halachos of the inauguration apply. Talmud Lomar, therefore the pasuk says mem gimel amud beis. Talmud Lomar. Teshvu, Teshvu, Ligzera Shava. The Pasuk says, Teshvu, Teshvu. Right? Namar Khan Teshvu. It says, By Sukkah, by Sukkah, Teshvu, Shiva Sum. It says, By Sukkah, you should dwell. The Namar Bimilu in Teshvu. And it says, By the Milu, by the inauguration, Teshvu as well. Malahalon, Yamim, Vafilu, Lelos. Just like by the Milu, we know that it means day and night. Afkan, Yamim Vafilo Lelo. So to over here, it also means Yamim as well as Lelo. So it means also day as well as night. So I will say, so again, so kind of backing up a little bit. So the Gemara indicates to us, the Gemara indicates to us that, um, that Halacha Lamaisa, so I'm sorry, that sukkah is learned out from Miluim, that just like Miluim was by day and by night, so too sukkah ultimately again is by day and by night, and sukkah is not learned out from, from, the, from the halachos of Lulav, because Lulav only applies Sha'achas. Now, I just want to share with you something interesting. The Rambam, I'm sorry. So the Rambam, advantage of doing the daf like this. So the Rambam paskins, interesting halacha over here. So this is in, this is in Perek Zayin Halacha Yud Gimel in Hilchos Lulav. Sorry. Let's see if I could do this quickly. We'll do it now. Otherwise, Emir Tashem. So Perek Zayin Halacha Gimel. So just listen to this. Rambam writes as follows. Rambam says, um, I'm sorry. Halach Yud Gimel, excuse me. Perek Zayin Halach Yud Gimel. Rambam writes as follows. Mitzvah, this is Perek Zayin Halach Yud Gimel Hilchos Lulav. Mitzvah Lulav lehinatel b'yamrishon shachag b'yavad b'chol makom o b'chol zman v'afidu b'shabes. So here the Rambam is quoting the pure halacha. The pure halacha is that on the first day of Yom Tiv, there is a mitzvah to take lulav and esrik. And that mitzvah applies b'chom makam, anywhere you are, based on mikdash, eretz Yisrael, chutz la'aretz, or b'chol zman, meaning when the base of mikdash stands, when the base of mikdash doesn't stand, afil b'shabes. Right? So there's a mitzvah da'oraisa to take lulav on day one, wherever you live and whenever you live. But again, the halacha is, in the Beis HaMikdash, they would take it all seven days. Okay? The Rambam then goes on to say, However, again, if Shabbos falls out on any of the other days of Sukkis, 
then we won't take the little of an esrog, gzera de rabba, out of a concern that you may come to go ahead and carry the little of an esrog, dal ramas and rishis rabbin. Okay, so that's how the Raman paskins. The mitzvah da'araisa of yom rishon, little of an esrog, applies anywhere, everywhere, and at any time. Right? So ultimately, again, I'm just going to read to this Rambam. It's going to take you just a few moments. So again, the, the Rambam says, but I don't understand, Rabbah, Rabbah, if you're concerned that on Shabbos someone's going to end up carrying the Lulav Dalar Amis, so why wouldn't that concern exist on the first day also, even when the first day falls out on Shabbos? Shouldn't you say that any time Sukkis falls out on Shabbos, you don't take Lulav and Esrik even on the first day? To which the Rambam says, because Halacha Lamaisa, the first day is Doraisa. The first day is Doraisa. The first day is separate and distinct from the subsequent days. Fine. The Rambam then goes on to say, Mishacharav Beis HaMikdash, Hiskinu Sheilulav Nita B'chomakam B'chol Shiva Semechag Zechel HaMikdash. Now the Beis Hamikdash was destroyed, and remember again, as we saw in yesterday's death, Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai instituted that we take the lulav all seven days outside of the Mikdash as well. Zechel Mikdash. destroyed. Now we take lulav and Asak all seven days. Zechel Mikdash. So listen to this. This is the halacha tezayin. So now the Ramam is reverting back a little bit. So when the Beis HaMikdash stood, so remember again, Lulav was taken everywhere first day. Everywhere first day. In the Mikdash, outside of the Mikdash, anywhere where you knew for sure it was the first day of Yom Tiv, you took the Lulav. Here we go. Mishacharav Beis HaMikdash Asrecham Litaos HaLulav B'Shabbos Yom Rishon so this is this is absolutely this is absolutely incredible. So the Rambam says when the base Hamikdash was so just to follow the progression, the progression is very important. When the base Hamikdash stood, Lulav was taken all seven days in the Mikdash, only one day outside of the Beis HaMikdash. Which day? The first day, because that's Da'oraisa. When the Beis HaMikdash stood, Sahalacha everyone took it on Shabbos, right? Everyone took it on Shabbos. As long as you knew for sure that it was the first day, you had no date ambiguity, everyone took it on Shabbos. That's only the first day. If, however, again, any of the other days of Yom fell out on Shabbos, they would not take Lulav and Esrug, again, out of the concern that you would come to go ahead and carry it, Dalet Amis. When the Beis HaMikdash was destroyed, Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai instituted that everyone takes the Lulav and Esrug for seven days, Zecher Lubimikdash. So what, what we do to this very day. The Ramam then says something fascinating happened. After the Beis HaMikdash was destroyed, no one takes Lulav on the first day when it falls out on Shabbos. Or no one takes, I should say, no one takes Lulav and Esrog ever on Shabbos. Whether it's the first day Yomtev, the second day Yomtev, the seventh day Yomtev, doesn't make any difference. Once the Beis Hamikdash was destroyed, no one takes Lulav and Esrog on Shabbos. And the reasoning that Ramam says is amazing. The Ramam says, because once the Beis Hamikdash is destroyed, Jewish communities are scattered. Jewish communities are scattered. 
And what's going to happen? Some know the right date, some don't know the right date, right? This community has date ambiguity. This community doesn't have date ambiguity. So what's going to happen? It says the Rambam. Some are going to be doing like this, some are going to be doing like that, and that's not good. Therefore, the Rambam says, the Rambam says, he says, It was important that everyone have uniform practice. We don't want some taking on Shabbos, some not taking on Shabbos, which is why, again, this is what we understand. Contemporarily, this is what we do. The Beis Amitosh was destroyed. No one takes Lulav and Esrog on Shabbos. Whether you live in Eretz Yisrael, whether you live in the Diaspora, whether you know the real calendar, you don't know the real calendar, you have data ambiguity, you don't have data ambiguity, everyone does the same thing. Why, says the Rambam? In order that we not have differentiated practice. Shiakol Shavin. Let everyone be the same. So what's interesting to notice is as follows. And then we'll have to go on. There's so much to say about this. You know, the Rambam seems to be so concerned with everybody doing the same thing. But if you think about it, even when the Beis HaMikdash stood, people weren't doing the same thing, right? In the Mikdash, they were taking the Lulav all seven days. Outside of the Beis HaMikdash, only one day, right? And already, again, even in times of the Beis HaMikdash, if you lived in a place where there was date ambiguity, you wouldn't take it day one that fell out on Shabbos because you weren't sure, is it day one or is it day not? So it's not like you had uniformity of practice when the Beis HaMikdash stood either. But perhaps it's such an incredible Musar Haskil. You see... I'll say, when we think about what was the power of the Beis HaMikdash, right? What, what is it that's so special about a Beis HaMikdash? What is it? It's a beautiful building. Baruch Hashem, Klal Yisrael has no shortage of beautiful buildings. We could build beautiful buildings from here until tomorrow. The power of the Beis HaMikdash was that it was a Koach HaMa'achid. It was a glue. It was a unifying force. I've said this many times. There was only one Beis HaMikdash, right? There wasn't a Yeshivish Beis HaMikdash and a modern Orthodox Beis HaMikdash. There wasn't a Hasidish Beis HaMikdash and a Litvish Beis HaMikdash. Not an Ashkenazic one, not a Svardic one. There wasn't Hashkama. There wasn't late. There wasn't young couples. There wasn't the Sachari. There wasn't this. There was one Beis HaMikdash. And that was the power of the Beis HaMikdash. There was one address for all of Klal Yisrael. One, one, one thing that held us together, one structure, one address where we came to communicate, commune and to become together, to be one with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That was the power of the Beis HaMikdash. Do you know what's so traumatic about the Churban? It's not the loss of a building. Buildings come down and they could go up just as easily. That's not what we mourn. We mourn the loss of that national glue. We mourn the loss of that national glue. And so the Rambam saying that Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai, others, the, the rabbis of that time understood with no base hamikdash, with no glue to hold us together, we have to try to find other ways to create that koach ha'ma'achid, to create that power of togetherness, to create that glue, to create that bond that holds us together. And therefore, again, Chazal said, we can't have some communities taking on Shabbos and others not taking on Shabbos. She's kedei shiyuhu hakol shavin, is Lashon Rambam. Chazal understood, we have to try to find common ground. In the absence of the Beis HaMikdash, we have to do our part to go ahead and create Achdos within the ranks of Klal Yisrael. When we mourn the Beis HaMikdash, what we mourn is the lack of a unifying presence. We mourn the lack of a Korach HaMa'achid. And so our Avoda in the absence of the Beis HaMikdash is to create that Achdos in as many ways as we can, including something amazing. If you can build Achdos by giving up the mitzvah of Lulav on the first day of Yom Tiv, we'll do it. Isn't that incredible? We'd sooner give up a mitzvah da'araisa on the first day of Sukkis than create a fractured 
and splintered people. Think about the things we argue about. Think about the things we disagree about. Think about all of the payroll and all of the machlokas that we create over things that are not really all that important. And here Chazal, here the Rambam. The Rambam, Perek Zayin, Halocha Yud Zayin in Hilchos Lulav says that Chazal said, you know what, better to give up the mitzvah of Lulav on Yom Rishon in order not to create a peyrud, in order not to create the separation of Klav Yisrael. Better to give up a mitzvah daraisa of lulav and asrig and keep Klav Yisrael unified, keep Klav Yisrael together, keep Klav Yisrael on the same front. Better to give up that mitzvah. If Chazal are ready to give up a mitzvah daraisa of lulav and asrig for the achdos of Klav Yisrael, then we have to be ready sometimes to give up our pettiness our agendas, even our, sometimes even our ideologies and our hashkafas, which may or may not be correct, in order to create a sense of achdos and klalisa. You can't yield on everything. You can't give in on everything. You can't give up on everything. And the truth is, even achdos has, unfortunately, its limitations. But Lamaisi, see if Chazal ready to sacrifice a mitzvah daraisa, then we must be willing to give of ourselves to create achdos and klalisa as well. Incredible. But let's go weiter. Then the Gemara goes on and Daphne and Gimel and and says as follows. Arava B'Shiva, let's at least begin this sugya today. Arava B'Shiva, so the Gemara says, Arava B'Shiva cases. Remember again, the Mishnah said that the midst of Arava. Now, interestingly enough, we'll see in, in tomorrow's Daph, we do not, tomorrow and the next day, we do not yet know exactly what this mitzvah of Arava is. What, what, what mitzvah of Arava are you referring to? It's certainly not referring to the mitzvah of Arava, the Arava and the Lulav. It's talking about some kind of independent mitzvah of Arava. So what is this? Again, we'll see. Right now, what we know in the Mishnah is sometimes the mitzvah of Arava applies for six days, sometimes it applies for seven days. When does it apply on seven day, for seven days? When the seventh day of Sukkot falls out on Shabbos, you still take the Arava even on Shabbos. But again, if Shabbos were to fall out on any other day of Sukkot, you would not take the Arava on that day. So the Gemara says, Arava b'shvi, my time Shabbos. Why does the mitzvah of Arava set aside the halachos of Shabbos? Why is it Docha Shabbos? That will say, again, I just want to point out, you know, we don't even know yet exactly what this mitzvah of Arava is, but we know that it's Docha Shabbos if the Shabbos falls out on the seventh day of Sukkot. Or I say the seventh day of Sukkot falls out on Shabbos. So what's the reason? In order to publicize the fact that the mitzvah of Arava is a biblical mitzvah. Now we're going to discuss this, that the mitzvah of Arava is not written in the Torah. The mitzvah of Arava is a halacha lemoshe misinai. So people, there was a big machlokas about this between the, between, between the Rabbanim and the Tzedukim. The Tzedukim felt there's no such thing as a mitzvah of Arava because they couldn't find it written anywhere in the Torah. So in order to publicize the fact that the mitzvah of Arava is a mitzvah da'oraisa, they would do it even on Shabbos. Ihachi, Lulav Nami Litri, Kedele Fars Moshim in the Torah. If that's the case, why do you say the same thing by Lulav? Right? Lulav should also, be, should also set aside, Ihachi, Lulav Nami Litri, Kedele Fars Moshim in the Torah. Why not go ahead and say the same thing by Lulav? Rashi says, Lulav Nami Litri, Bishar Yamim, Bemikdash, Kedele Fars Moshim in the Torah. Now, what the Gemara is asking is like this Lulav in the Mikdash is the Oraisa all seven days. Yet the Mishnah said, Lulav is only Docha Shabbos on if the first day of Sukkot falls out on Shabbos. But why don't you say, in order to highlight the fact that the Mitzvah of Lulav is Daraisa in the Beis HaMikdash, all seven days, then Lulav in the Mikdash should set aside Shabbos no matter what day of Sukkot falls out on Shabbos. To which the Gemara says, Lulav, 
Gezerah mishum mishum deraba. No, because lulav we have the other issue. The gezerah deraba that a person may come to carry the lulav dalat ames in rishsarabim. Ihachi arava nami nigzar. So why don't we say something about arava? Why do we allow you to take the arava on the seventh day of Sukkot when it falls out on Shabbos? Aren't we concerned that maybe one will come to carry the arava dalat ames in rishsarabim? To which the gemara listen to this arava. We're going to see that the mitzvah of Arava was not carried out by the general populace. It was carried out on behalf of Klal Yisrael in the Beis HaMikdash. And who did it? Representatives of the Beis Din. So it was given over, the mitzvah was given over to meticulous people. When it's given over to meticulous people, we could assume they're not going to accidentally transgress Shabbos. Lulav is a mitzvah upon every individual. So because it applies to every individual, one has to be concerned that in the course of performing the mitzvah, one may come to inadvertently violate Shabbos. If that's the case, then why is Arava only docha Shabbos on the seventh day of Sukkot that falls on Shabbos? Why don't we say that the Arava service is docha Shabbos any day of the Yom that falls out on Shabbos? This is very interesting because one may come to go ahead and there begin to treat the mitzvah of lulav in a more disparaging or light fashion. In other words, if I see that our Rava is docha Shabbos any day of Yom Tif, versus lulav is only docha Shabbos on when, when, when the first day of Sukkot falls out on Shabbos, uh, leads me to the logical conclusion that Arava is more important than lulav. Well, if Arava is more important than lulav, that may lead people to go ahead and take shortcuts with lulav. Very interesting. Most of this, it's actually interesting, kind of like how the human psyche works, is that, you know, we create levels of importance. So the more important something is, the less prone I am to take shortcuts with it. The less important something is, the more prone I am to take shortcuts with it or just treat it with, with, with less regard. It's just the way we work. So, and the way we kind of create those constructs is very interesting. So the Gemara was concerned over here that if every day of Arav is Docha Shabbos, people are going to say, oh, Arav is more important than Lulav. You'll say, so I'll let them say that. Oh, because if Arav is more important than Lulav, that means Lulav is less important. If Lulav is less important, then I can take shortcuts which tells you why you have to have a proper hierarchy in life to make sure I really know what's important, what's less important, because human nature is such, you will always take shortcuts with the things that you deem to be less important. So make sure you have the right hierarchy of importance in life. So the Gemara says, So why don't we just equate Arava and Lulav and say, just like Lulav is Docha Shabbos on the first day of Yom Tiv, so to Arava is Docha Shabbos on the first day of Yom Tiv as well. To which the Gemara says, Because then it's not going to be apparent that it's Arava that's Docha Shabbos. Rather, what will people say? Amri, Lulav They'll say ultimately, again, the only reason you're allowed to do the Arava service is because Arava is part of Lulav. And it was really Lulav that was Docha Shabbos, not Arava. But Chazal wanted people to see that the Arava service itself is Docha Shabbos. To which the Gemara said, So why do you say that it's the seventh day of Arava that's Docha Shabbos? Let it be the second day of Sukkis that's Docha Shabbos for the Arava. So the first day of Sukkis ultimately again will be Docha Shabbos. You can be Docha Shabbos for Lulav. And the second day of Sukkis, you can be Docha Shabbos for Arava. To which the Gemara says, because essentially, once you are taking the Arava out from the first day, in other words, once you're going to say that it's not the first day, it's Docha Shabbos, it makes sense to put it on the other end, right? To make it just discernible and noticeable. So Lulav is Docha Shabbos on day one. Arava is Docha Shabbos on day seven. Ihochi ha'idna nami litri. 
if that's the case, so presently, why don't we say that the Arava service should also be Docha Shabbos? Now again, the Gemara is presupposing that there would be an Arava service now also, to which the Gemara says, to which the Gemara says, because we're going to discuss, again, we'll, we'll, we'll discuss, just to show you this, we do, we do the Arava service. So we do, we're going to discuss, we do it on Hoshana Rabbah. On our Shanaraba, day number seven of Sukkis. We'll discuss in the Gemara. So why don't we say ultimately again that the same way that when the Mikdash stood, if the seventh day of Sukkis fell out on Shabbos, you'd be Doha, you'd be Doha Shabbos for the Arava service. So say so too now, even in the absence of the Besa Mikdash, on day number seven, if it's Shabbos, you could take the Arava, to which the Gemara says, Yadina So the Gemara says, oh, that's because we don't do it today because we're unsure about the calendar, right? We have this calendrical or this date ambiguity. I, the Gemara says, well, if that's the case, if that's your issue, if that's the case, to which the Gemara says, I'm sorry, he says, if that's the case, fine. So that works for people who don't have, who have date ambiguity, but for people who don't have date ambiguity, so the Arava service should be Docha Shabbos, when it falls out on the seventh day of Sokis, even today, to which the Gemara says, when Barhedya came along, he said, that Halach Lamaise never comes out like that. He says the way we have the calendar arranged is that the seventh day of, of, of Sukkot never falls out on Shabbos. Ravin and all those others who right, all the others who came from Bavel or who went back to Bavel said it does happen that way. The calendar is set up that way. And even though it could happen that ultimately again the seventh day of Sukkot kafal out on Shabbos, it's not Docha Shabbos for Arava contemporarily outside of the base of Mikdash, or as you say in the aftermath structure of the base of Mikdash. Amrav Yosef, man lemalon da Arava benetila. So we'll say so. Therefore, what the Gemara is asking over is as follows. Here's what we have. We know. That just like Lulav is Docha Shabbos, when it's the first day of Sukkot that falls out on Shabbos, Arava is Docha Shabbos, ultimately again when the seventh day of Sukkot falls out on Shabbos. And the reason Chazal ultimately again did this was to highlight the fact that the Arava service, whatever it is, the Arava service is a biblical obligation, is a mitzvah da'orai. So we'll see where, we'll see what, we'll get to that. The Gemara then deals with, okay, what about now? What about now? So there's a whole discussion. So again, obviously where there's date ambiguity, you're not going to allow the seventh day to be docha Shabbos for Arava purposes because you don't have the seventh day, or the seventh day. What if you don't have any date ambiguity? So then there's a calendrical machlokas. Is the calendar set up in a way where the seventh day of Sukkot could ever fall out on Shabbos? That's a machlokas. So the Gemara says, listen to this. Now this whole discussion presupposes that the mitzvah of Arava is that you take the Arava. So that's the whole discussion. Can you take the Arava on the seventh day? Or I should say the Mishnah said you do take the Arava on the seventh day of Sukkot, even though it's Shabbos. Who says the mitzvah is to take the Arava? Dilma Bezikifa. Maybe the only mitzvah of Arava, and we'll discuss this in our death, maybe the only mitzvah of Arava is to literally take it and lean it against the Mizbeach. In other words, maybe that's the mitzvah. Who says the mitzvah is to take the Arava? Say, Sabai, Abai says, I'm raised the Kasha. What's the Kasha? So the Gemara says as follows the Gemara says, Aisvei. And we'll say, and again, Obviously, if also that's the case that the mitzvah of Arava is to rest it against the Mizbeach, of course what that means is if there's no Mizbeach, there's no mitzvah of Arava. 
right? That Rashi points this out. So obviously, again, that would mean contemporarily, there is no such concept of the mitzvah of Arava being Doch Shabbos, even on day number seven. Seisve Abaye, Lulav, Va'arava, Shisha, Veshiva. Remember again, the Mishnah said that sometimes the mitzvah of Lulav and Arava could apply for six days or seven days. My love, Kilulav. Now it's interesting to note that the Mishnah groups Arava together with Lulav. Is it not to teach us the following? Ma Lulav binetila, Afarava binetila. Just like Lulav ultimately again is taken, so to Arava is taken as well. In other words, Netila means you pick it up and you take it. So just like the Lulav is picked up and taken, so to Arava is picked up and taken. Maybe not. Maybe not. Midei iria. Hakidisa vahakidisa. Maybe not. In other words, just because they're mentioned together doesn't automatically mean that they share the same qualification, same characteristic of Natila. Maybe Lulav has Natila, it's taken, and Arav is just Zakifa. You lean it against the Mizbeach. Esvea bae sabai raises a kasha. Bechol yom makifa nesha Mizbeach pamachos. What's we're going to see this? This is in, uh, this is in Friday's daf in Mirzash. Ah, uh, Shabbos's daf. We'll see this. So the Gemara says, Bechol yom makifa nesha Mizbeach pamachos. Every day, meaning every day of Sukkot, they would circle the Mizbeach with the Arava once. Sayom Shavap, I should say they would circle the Mizbeach once. Sayom that day, that day, again we'll discuss which day that was. Shavapamim, ultimately again seven days. Now what are they circling with? My love Ba'arava, they're not circling with the Arava, which shows you that again the Arava is taken, not just simply leaned against the Mizbeach. To which comes maybe not. No, maybe it means they would circle the Mizbeach, holding their Lulav and Esrug. But maybe once again, Arava was just simply placed against the Mizbeach. No, they took the Arava, they circled with the Arava. So it's machlokes, interesting machlokes. We know that they circled the Mizbeach once every day, and on the seventh day, <coughs> they circled seven times. Seven days, circled seven times. There's machlokes what they circled with. One opinion says they circled with the Arava, other opinion says that they circled with the Lulav and Esrug. So obviously, according to the opinion that says that they circled with the Arava, that means the Arava is Benetila. You take the Arava, you don't just lean it against the Mizbech. Itmar, Shabbos said, the Gemara now discusses this as a Mechlokas. Itmar, Rabbi Lazar Omer Belulav, Rabbi Shulab Arnasan Omer Rabbi Hanina Ba'arava. So we'll say, this is the Mechlokas. What did they circle the Mizbech with? One opinion says a Lulav, one other opinion says an Arava. Vechin Omer Rabbi Nachman Omer Baravua Ba'arava. Another opinion, Arava. Amalei Rava, the Rabbi Yitzchak, Brady Rava, Barbarachana, Bar Uriah. So Rava said to Rabbi Yitzchak, the son of Rabbi Barbarachana, Bar Uriah. Bar Uriah means son of the light, which is the way they used to refer to Tamidi Chachamim. Son of the light, Bar Uriah. I'm going to tell you something beautiful that your father used to say. What did your father say? When the Mishnah said, and we'll see this Mishnah, when the Mishnah said, when the Mishnah said that they would circle them every day, they would circle the Mizbeach once, but on that day, the seventh day of Yom Tev, they would circle seven times. Your father said over the name of Rabbi Lazar, Belulav. Ultimately, again, with the Lulav. What did they circle with? The Lulav. So, said, there seems to be another raya to the fact that when they would circle the Mizbeach, they would circle with the Lulav. So, we'll stop over here for today, but here's what we know. We know that Halacha Lamaisa, the Mishnah, take Arava all seven days. We know that the Mishnah tells us that only the seventh day of Arava was Doha Shabbos. Why? 
to again, it was Docha Shabbos Kedei Lefarsama, to show that it was a biblical obligation to go ahead and take Arava. I, from where do we know that it was a biblical obligation to take Arava? It's a, it's a Halacha Lamosha Misinai. What we now see is as follows. We now begin to see Beis Hamikdash practice. What does Beis Hamikdash practice? Every day of Yom Tiv, they would circle the Mizbeach once. On the seventh day of Yom Tiv, they would circle the Mizbeach seven times. What would they circle with? This is a machlokes. One opinion says lulav and esrug. The other opinion says ba'arava with the aravas, and ultimately we'll resolve that machlokes and understand the arava practice in Yerush Hashem in tomorrow's daf. Shkachabosai, wishing everyone a wonderful day.